everyone. Welcome to Trend Talks by ITR Economics. My name is Alan Bolio. I'm the president of ITR Economics, and I'm glad to have you with us here today. I want to answer or talk to you more than answer a question that is often asked of us at ITR. How high must the national debt go before it becomes problematic? How high can it go before it becomes a crushing load? Well, the first part of that question demands that we at least acknowledge the other point of view. There are people out there, mostly academics and politicians, who say it doesn't matter. Modern monetary theory is stating that you can have as much debt as you want. It doesn't matter as long as your rate of growth is greater than the interest rate and that you can just borrow your way into the future. We here at ITR Economics think that is complete and utter hogwash that at some point in time, things shift and interest rates will exceed the rate of growth. Interest payments become a much larger part of the federal budget, and that takes money away from other needed areas in the, in the domestic economy called the United States. It means that there's less money to go towards things that we might think are more important if we had that money available, like fighting poverty or drug abuse or mental health. We may find that we want to put it towards defense or space programs or whatever else, technological development, whatever else we want, but that money's going to pay for paying for past things. Much like a family that has expanded its standard of living based upon credit cards. Sooner or later, we all know that, that that bill becomes due because there's a change in earnings potential or in interest rates. And I suspect that's what we're going to be looking at much uh, to the dismay of many people. Now, there's another group of people that thinks that that world comes crashing down around us tomorrow. Uh, we don't think so. My brother and I wrote a book about that. It's called Prosperity in the Age of Decline, first published in 2014. We're writing our fourth book now, and this will be revised in that book, the yet-to-be-named entitled book, I might add. But nevertheless, we have a, uh, an update coming. But that update shows that we can get away with this debt situation in the United States for quite some time because of inflation that is coming and inflation masks a lot of the pain it makes people feel good about the future it provides easier dollars for the federal government to use to make these interest payments so while it masks the problem it doesn't take away the problem and it ignores the reality that inflation and higher and the resulting higher interest rates must be curbed in the future and the way that they have been curbed in the past is the way that they will be curbed in the future and that is often and this is the painful reality of the early 1980s uh, under uh, Chairman Paul Volcker, often by raising interest rates to the point where it chokes off inflation, but also chokes off economic growth and begins a downturn, which is necessary to correct the problem. All right. So how high must interest rates go? How long can they go? Well, my answer to you is how long is a piece of string? Uh, no simple answer. I'm not going to give you a number. We're just going to talk about some of the things that are going on. And then we'll talk about it in context of uh, how we'll know we're getting near the top and what are the factors involved. Right now, uh, today, the point of this recording, our national debt reached $22 trillion. And that we're at $22 trillion. That's about 108% of GDP. Uh, that's high, obviously very high. It was a little higher at the end of World War II. But World War II ended and the massive government spending slowed right down and we were able to right the ship. There is no slowing down this government spending. This is not a function of a world war. This is mostly a function of transfer payments. And those transfer payments come under many headings. It's, it's not one thing, but it is accelerating. The other part of the federal budget that is accelerating in its spend is the voluntary spend by the federal government. The non-mandatory items, think defense and think uh, NASA, things like that. 
And the third component are interest payments, and interest payments are accelerating. The United States currently spends $476 billion on interest payments. That's a lot of money in anybody's book, uh, especially when that money is not used for infrastructure or for uh, other social needs, as the uh, Congress and nation may seem fit to, to, to use that money for. Defense spending, by comparison, is $686 billion in fiscal 2019. And the Congressional Budget Office is estimating that by 2023, we will spend as much on interest as we do on defense. That's a much larger section of the federal budget that it has to go towards interest payments. And as all that money's coming out, that means it needs to be replaced with either more borrowing or with taxes. And if we're going to increase taxes, that does have an impact on the economy, especially depending on who you tax. And it has an impact on capital formation and on new business and innovation. And if we're going to do it through more borrowing, it just exacerbates the problem. So we're looking at right now at debt that we can manage, that we can handle. It seems to be a relatively small part of, uh, uh, of people's mindset because we like the, the free ride. But let's look at a world where all of a sudden people don't want to buy U.S. Treasuries as much. All of a sudden when people cannot buy U.S. Treasuries, maybe it's not a question of want anymore. Their own economies have hit the skids. Their own economies are such that they don't have this massive uh, amount of national wealth to be putting into the U.S. Or they just view the U.S. as a large risk as we go forward because of the sheer amount of debt that we have. Whatever the case may be, whether it's a nation dumping treasuries or whether it's a risk, whether it's a we alienated the rest of the world, whatever it happens to be, we're, we're left carrying that debt load. And when we are, uh, the bill comes home to roost. And it won't be my generation that pays for it. I'm a baby boomer. I'm 62 years of age. Where I'm not going to pay for this. And the generation behind us, the Gen Xers, you might be tagged with part of this, but it is really false to the millennials. This really falls to the people that are uh, going to be taking the mantle of power when we get to the late 2020s and the early 2030s. They're going to have to wrestle this problem to the ground. And when they do that, they will change the way that we do things. But until then, what you can expect is that more of the federal budget is going to go to interest payments all the time instead of dealing with what could be arguably called more important items. We're going to find that it is ignored more and more by politicians in the coming decade until it reaches a crisis that, that absolutely pops. And in case you're wondering who owns all this debt, who are the holders of all this debt, uh, the Social Security Administration is the largest at just under uh, $2.7 trillion. So the Social Security Administration holds debt. You know what that means? It means you can't default on the debt. When you hear a politician say, well, we'll just default on it. You cannot default on it because over 50% of the debt is held domestically. And you would be hurting the Federal Reserve Board, the U.S. government. You'd be hurting U.S. investors. And as we did all that, we'd also be telling the rest of the world, and don't ever lend us a dollar again. So we're stuck with this debt. And as we're stuck with this debt and its increased costs, it will be one of the tipping points that leads us into the Great Depression that is coming around the year 2030. Uh, it's not something that can't be dealt with but it is something that won't be dealt with. If you want to see a way that it could be dealt with, I encourage you to go see the one cent solution. You can Google that and you'll find a 1% plan, a one cent per dollar plan for how to deal with this problem. There are some co-signers in the U.S. Congress to this plan, uh, and that's a good thing. My own personal projection is it's DOA. It won't ever go anywhere until it's too late. And while we see this iceberg off in the distance, we certainly won't turn the ship nearly fast enough to keep it from ripping at the hull. 
I know that's not encouraging, but that's reality. And that answers the question, what does this national debt do to us? It sinks us eventually. At least it's a large contributing factor. Thank you. I hope you have a good day.